Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verse 1 and verse 7 through 14. But before we break open the bread of life, let me invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we reach out to you today. We call down your Holy Spirit. You say we're two or more gathered, you are here. So we invite the Holy Spirit into this meeting to help us see what we're to see in the gospel, to hear what we're to hear, and then through your grace, put that into action to be the world changers we're called to be, to be lights in the world that lead to you. So Holy Spirit, come. Come into our hearts. Enkindle our hearts the fire of your love. Set our hearts ablaze in your love that we may be that fire of your love in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Amen. the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, Cameron, you want to give us a little gospel love? I would love to. Again, we're in the book of Luke, chapter 14, 1 and 7 through 14. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at the table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man, and then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, Do not invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and to have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, this gospel really challenges us. Challenges us with our hearts. Why do we give? Why do we give? Do we give to receive? The health and wealth gospel that you see by so many television preachers of you give and you get tenfold back, you give and you get back. Stop. Stop. It's not about a slot machine. Jesus Christ is not a slot machine. It's not about giving and I'm going to get tenfold back. Stop. 
When we truly give from the heart, we give expecting nothing in return. But what God chooses to give us back in return is that which money and the world can't buy or can't give. That joy, that peace, that just astounding breath of life that comes into us when we truly give from our hearts to those in need. And so for me, Lord, help me to always give without expecting anything in return. But then when you allow me to receive that gift that money can't buy, with a heart of gratitude, let me continue to say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That's so good. And I think the last half of this just reminds me, the world, they have, I'm saying they is like the world, the, the, uh, the ideas that the world wants to indoctrinate people with is this idea of, hey, invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your wealthy neighbors, the people who you can scratch their back and they'll scratch your back too. It's the idea of like, were we designed to eat, drink, and be merry? Like, there, it's it's like a perversion of the right version. The right version is in the kingdom. There's joy, but joy is not the same thing that the world offers. Is joy? I think of it as we have something inside of us that we were created for a reason. And when you're going after and pursuing and living every day in in the things that you were created to be doing, it's a different kind of joy. It's it's the authentic joy. But but the difference between what the world wants to offer and what the kingdom of heaven wants to offer, the, the kingdom says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the people that you're not going to get a return from, the people that you're not going to see, because who is your rewarder? Is your rewarder your wealthy neighbor? If that's the person that you're looking for their approval, then sure, go ahead, go do your, you know, go play golf with that person, and then they'll invite you to their club next time to play golf with them. But if your rewarder is Jesus, if your rewarder is the Father, and that's whose attention you want to have, look out for the things he's telling us right here. Look out for these people. These are the people that I want you to host. These are the people I want you to extend a hand to. Don't extend your hand and help somebody just because you've calculated it and said, okay, I need to do this for them because, you know, I can have this back-end thing that I can bring up to them in a little while. Stop that. We're not supposed to live this evil lie of manipulation, and you see it too often. I think the best way to say it is look at who your rewarder is going to be and then go to please that person. And and, and the idea that if if we're saying that if I'm saying God is my friend and that's the person who I care how he views what I'm doing, why I'm doing things, then you're going to do things a different way. Yeah. And I read this first sentence, and the second part of it says, the people there were observing him carefully. And it reminded me of a story. Number one, do you realize that all eyes are on us? Do we truly reflect Christ in the world through our every utterance, what we speak, through our every action? All eyes are on us. So it reminded me of a story we were at in Ohio near the Football Hall of Fame. And we had, I think, eight of our adopted children with us. And we went out to eat at a steakhouse. They wanted steak that night. And through the grace of God, you know, God has blessed us financially with our company and everything. 
So we're going to go to a steakhouse. Well, we didn't know this was a formal steakhouse with suits and ties. You know? <laughs> Here we go bebopping in, you know, eight adopted children from all over the world, my wife and I. And we sit down at this big table and there's all these people in suits and ties and dresses and, oh, well. <laughs> so awesome. we sit there and we order our meals. And the next thing you know, a waiter comes over and hands me an envelope and said, a man wanted to pay for your meal. And I didn't look at it at the time. There was... But when I did, there was eight $100 bills, $800 to pay wow. for our meal. Because wow. wow. the steakhouse wasn't inexpensive. Yeah. <laughs> then we're now we're, we're at the end of our meal. Another waiter walks up and said, these people wanted to help pay for your meal. Another $400. That's $1,200. When the check came, the waiter said, I'm sorry, the check's already been paid for by somebody. And I'm like, oh my. So we said, thank you. So three different gifts. So what do you do with that? Do you take it, put the money in the pocket, say, look how I made out, kids. God rewarded me. No. That's what the world would tell you to do. That's what the world would tell you to do. What did I do? I said, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. We got putting our money towards it from the check. You have $1,600, eight children. Each of you have $200 to give away to people that you see in need. Wow, it's beautiful. And each of the children... We're able to give away $200. My son, I love that we're in line of giant, and this man's in a wheelchair. He was a former pastor, and he started talking, and my son said, can I, can I pay for his groceries? I said, absolutely. Wow. And then I ended up talking to the man, and he didn't have the money to come to the Starbucks. and always wanted to come. To, well, we ended up inviting him to a Christmas dinner and giving him a gift of that. It was just profound. So that passing on the gift that God gave us instilled in the children the gift of stewardship. The gift of stewardship, opposite of what the world would have done. Yes. You know, they'd have said, huh, see, that's the Lord blessing me. Yep. Stop. Yep. Stop. The Lord's entrusting you with a gift. Now, how do you use that to be a gift to others? So, again, Jesus uses the word parable. Do you know what a parable is? It's a real-life story that happens today in our lives that's meant to teach us a heavenly reality. Every day, God's speaking to us in our life story. Stop. You got it. Drop. Pray and say, Father, what do you want to teach me? You will be amazed Mm -hmm. at how God will teach you through your everyday stories, the parables of your life. Yep. And all we have to do sometimes is stop and ask him, Lord, I just went through that. Was there anything you wanted to teach me there? I'm here to learn. And and then spend some time with that. Don't say, okay, I guess not. Move on. No, he, he, he says, knock, seek, and ask. He's not telling us to do that so he can be quiet and not answer and, and not respond. He's saying, knock, seek, and ask because he wants that friendship. He wants that relationship. He wants that communion with us. He wants that common union, that, that intimacy of, yeah, I, I was trying to teach you something there, but you just moved on to the next thing. All right, I'll try again this afternoon. Or I'll try again tomorrow. I, I I need you to learn this. I need you to learn this. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Just pause sometimes. Lord, what did you want to teach me there? But I want to go back to what you were sharing about taking your family to dinner. I'm, I'm just going to look at it a different way. So back to the scripture here in Luke 14. And the people... There, we're observing him carefully. Our children are observing us carefully. They're watching. The the lessons that they learn there are farther than even what we're talking about. That was their opportunity to look at this and say, okay, 
without, without you using words, just by actions, the kids could have learned the lesson, hey, anytime you get something, stash it away for yourself. And Or that's <clears throat> God rewarding me for being a religious person. You got it. My dad's, my dad's a religious person, and yeah. God just poured money oh, out to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of course you give God the credit for it, but, but even— Giving him the God the credit and doing one thing or the other, you, you can still do whatever you want to do. You still get to make your choices on what you do. And those are the things. Our kids are observing us. Our kids, whether you know it or not, like it or not, they want to be like their mom and dad. They're, that's like the hero. That's the. But by you instilling in them, this is a perfect opportunity to give. That is something that will be in the legacy now. Hey, this is what we do. This is how we treat people. And <clears throat> on a smaller scale, I see it with our kids, just as simple as go. I'm thinking of the story you're talking about going out to eat. When we go out to eat, um, especially around the holidays, we try to find, I don't know, a busboy or, you know, a runner or somebody that usually wouldn't get a tip or something um, and, you know, bless them, especially around the holidays. Well, it's funny because our middle daughter, Leanne, she's seven now. For years, she's been the one to spot him. Hmm. And we, we look at that as like, man, how did she, you know, I mean, I know it's the Holy Spirit nudging her heart, but it's, it's a humbling thing when the Lord reminds you, you just had to show her one time. I, I wanted Leanne to have that gift early in her life. She just had to see an example one time. How many times do we have those chances where, especially I'm thinking as like an earthly father and mother, all these things, we don't know all the plans that he has for our kids, but if it's something as simple as having a giving heart or being kind to people, even when they don't deserve it, is it looking after the poor? Is it looking after the crippled? Is it looking after the lame? Is it looking after the blind? Is it blessing these people? Is it helping them? We don't know who's observing us. Could be a coworker. Could be somebody who just knows who you are and is watching you while you're out. Oftentimes it's our children. Oftentimes it's our friends. And the world is not ashamed to yell as loud as they can, do this, do this, do this. Do we do things and then keep quiet about them as opposed to saying, I'm doing these things because this is advancing the kingdom? I don't know if you see it that way, but that's how I see it. I'm doing this because I'm bringing light to a dark place. We don't have to see it the same way, but I'm telling you why I'm doing what I'm doing. We don't know who's observing us. But if we can do things with the idea that God is observing me, he is the one that I want to please. He is the one that I want to answer to at the end of the day. I think we'll do things a little bit differently than what the world's shouting at us. Yes. And realize this. I go back to that story again. We, as husbands and wives, as fathers and mothers, we are the messengers to our children of either God's truths or the world's way. The message I delivered was God's truth. You're given a gift. It's a sacred trust. What are you going to do with it? You're going to give it to the children to give it to others to make a positive impact in their lives. But some people would have said, hey, kids, see how God's blessing me? See how we just got all this money? That's God's blessing me because of all I do. 
It's the wrong message. That's the world's message. You know, and again, I'm going to go back to that story of the people there were observing him carefully. At Mass this week, I came out of church, and on the way heading to my car, I heard a man say, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. So I stopped, turned around, it was a man I see in church a lot. And I don't know him. I've never spoken to him other than giving the sign of the peace. But his eyes were observing me, I'm sure, for years. I don't know. And he said, sir, I, I need to ask you a question. I said, he said, where do you work? Oh, I said, I work for DAS companies. DAS, you work for DAS. I said, why would you be interested in a job with DAS? He said, I really would. I'm not ready yet, but I really would. He said, he said, can you help me there? He said, what do you do? I said, well, God's entrusted me with that company. It's his company, but I'm the, the owner slash steward of that company. Really? Can, you, can I reach out to you? Would you help me? I said, absolutely. What did the man see? I never talked to him. He saw the joy within me. He saw Christ's life within me. And he wants to be part of that in a company where I wanted, I chose to work, yep. not knowing I owned it. Right. Oh, well, excuse me, steward of it. Yeah. So I'm telling you, when you realize all eyes are on you, well, Cameron, you and I at a restaurant, a lady I knew 40 years ago, 45 years ago. That's right. Came up to us and said, David, I know you're a prayerful man. Yeah. Can you pray for my, I believe it was son. Yeah. With cancer in his arm. Yeah. Can you pray for a miracle? Yeah. And right there in the restaurant, Cameron and I stopped and prayed for this woman's son. Yep. And about I don't know, maybe two months later, she comes to me and says, David, David. And I, quite honestly, I had forgotten. Right. She said, I want to tell you, it was a miracle. Your <laughs> prayers were answered. I'm like, what Hallelujah. happened? Because I, I didn't remember. Yeah. She said, remember when you guys stopped and prayed for my son's arm? There's no cancer in his arm. They don't know what happened. They said it's a miracle. Wow. So your prayers were answered. Ladies and gentlemen, all eyes are on us. Mm -hmm. Be ready to answer the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to call someone, to go visit someone, to care for God's people. We're called to be Christ in the world, and others are called in the world to be Christ to us. That's the body working in unison. That's so good. And and the idea that that guy was attracted to the light in you when he ran into you in the parking lot, I think that's just a good awareness to have. The light that's in us is attracted to, you know, both ways with other people with that light in them. And not that it makes us perfect or impure. It just means I give residence to the Holy Spirit, and when the residence of the Holy Spirit is in another person, it's like an attraction is there. Keep in mind, uh, not everybody has that same attraction, right? There's There's darkness out there. So I think God gives us those gifts to those nudges, those internal promptings or, you know, uh, yeah, that's the best way to describe it, um, to keep an eye out for who are the people who should be in your inner circle? Who are the people who it's okay to be an acquaintance with them, but, you know, you don't want that person speaking into your life, or you don't want that person at a level of influence in a certain situation. I think he gives a, those things to us. The other part in the middle of this... <clears throat> It says, my friend, move up to a higher position. The idea of when the host comes, he may say, I'll read it again. When the host comes, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. I think that is one of the, one of the cries of our heart is to hear the Lord say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Because the more we exalt ourselves, He can't, he can't do anything if we put ourselves on the top pedestal. 
He wants to show people, when I partner with you, we can do all things. The idea that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But if I let everybody know how great I am and look at me, here I am at the top, the Lord looks at that as, I wanted to, I wanted to do this with you. I had a call on your life. I had something, a higher purpose that was going to point people back to me. There were people along the way that needed to see me, and I wanted to do this through your weakness. I wanted to do this through, it, it was going to work together, but instead you're just standing at the top waving, saying, hey, look at me, hey, look at me, hey, look at me, look how great I am. Son, daughter, I wanted to do that with you so that ultimately it would point back to me. I think that I think this is like one of the ultimate cries of our hearts is, do we long to hear him look at us and say, my friend, move up to a higher position. My friend, do we have a friendship with him? Do we share our intimate thoughts with him? Do we let him be with our thoughts as we're having some downtime through the day. The idea, like, you think of level of friendships. You have those friends. It's like, why why would you call that person your best friend? Uh, because they know things about me nobody knows. I can share thoughts with them, and they can, uh, they can speak into my life and help me make decisions. Yes, no, maybe, let's talk that through more. Th- they know my worst day. They know my best day. On my worst day, they still accepted me. On the be- on my best day, they were proud of me. They didn't get jealous. The idea of that, like you think in the natural, th- those are the qualifications to have a best friend. And the idea that he wants that level of friendship with us. He wants to say, lay it all out there. And at the end of it, I'm going to rejoice with you. I want joy in your life. I want love in your life. I want kindness in your life. I want to counsel you in your life. I want to comfort you. I know what you need before you need it. So when you need it, I want to be a part of it. He wants, he can't wait to say, my friend, move up to a higher position. This is like a cry in our heart because it's a cry in his heart first. He can't wait for that. But we stiff arm that when we say, I'm going to climb my way to the top of that, and then everybody's going to see how great this is. Oh, man, I think, I think this is just a good time to just hit reset and say, Lord, if there's areas that I have climbed to the top without you and I've waved my hand and said, hey, look at me, highlight those to me and show me how I need to be doing in those areas. And he wants that level of friendship with us. You know, that really reminded me of another story we had happen to us today. I was in a a very large meeting with a group of people, and I shared the story of the fact that last week I was in a major bank meeting, three people from Pittsburgh, three from Philadelphia, critically important three-hour and 20-minute meeting. And I had a little bit of a doubt because I always always do a prayer before these meetings with banks, doesn't matter. But I had a little bit of angst in me. This, you know, this was really a big meeting. So should I, I can pray in my heart, but should I do that? As soon as I had that angst, my CFO said to me, oh, David, don't you want to open with a prayer? (laughs) <laughs> I said, absolutely. So I opened with a prayer with the bankers. It was phenomenal. Lord took over the meeting. The Holy Spirit was phenomenal. So I shared that story with a group of people. When I was done sharing the story, a man at the other end of the table said, oh, I did that too. He said, I, I did that. I, I invited in the bankers. and They don't like that. They don't like that. What do you just do? He said, look at me. Yeah. Look at me. 
I did it. Look at me. Let me pat myself on the back. Wow, Lord, help me. Yeah. The pathway to heaven is paved with the stepping stones of humility. To try and grab a little bit of the spotlight, to shine it on yourself, that's exactly what this story is all about. And I'm just realizing that now. It's like it had no purpose mm -hmm. other than to grab a little bit of that light and pat myself on the back. Yeah. And it's like, man, Lord, help me. Second piece I saw is this. Jesus must like to eat a lot because <laughs> Jesus went to dine. And I, and I think back, so when I, in April, I had a situation occur that caused me to step back into the company, CEO, president of the company. And it was very difficult in my life this last six months. What did my wife do? We were used to going out to eat. My wife, she started cooking for me. We started sitting down together, just her and I at the table and eating. Last night, tough day yesterday, got home, went, sat on the couch. I just wanted to veg. I just wanted to, to dummy myself down, to put on Shark Tank or whatever I like to watch, and just veg. And my wife said, well, that's what we have to have spiritual ears to hear, uh, sweetheart, my love language is communication. When you come home from a tough day and you sit down and you turn on that television, you're telling me, I don't want to have communion with you. And I went, oh my goodness. I turned that TV off. I got up. The rest of the night was beautiful. We need to listen to our spouses. The Holy Spirit will use them. But too many times we tune the Holy Spirit out and then we become death. We got to cry out to the Lord, help me to hear again. Help me to see again. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Let's be lights in the world and set this world ablaze. God bless. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Stewardship, a mission of faith is excited to announce the details of a one-of-a-kind conference held at the historic Star Barn Village in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, September 14th and 15th. It's time to wake up and stand on biblical truths. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14 remind us to be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Your every act should be done with love. Nationally known speakers Dr. Bill Lyle, the pro-life doctor, and Dr. Tim Clinton, 
executive director of the James Dobson Family Institute, will deliver messages that are countercultural. They are joined by Father John Clote from the Diocese of Phoenix, Devin Schott from the Fathers of St. Joseph, and several others. Don't miss this amazing event. For tickets and information, please visit stewardshipconference.org or call us at 717-367-0100, that's stewardshipconference.org, or 717-367-0100.